Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around the ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. Welcome in to the Kilborn Studio. I am your gracious host, Adam Gardner. This is episode 81, 81 of Three Ways and Third Downs. And what better reason to break this thing back out than with the Super Bowl? Yes, the Superb Owl is this week. And it, it still hasn't quite hit me that this is actually happening. This is the city of Cincinnati. The curse is not only broken. When we played the Raiders a few weeks back, everyone was more than content with the idea of, all right, let's just win, win playoff game. You got $60 million in cap space left for this next offseason, then we'll go from there. We'll build around Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow said, no, F that. We're going in this year against all odds, against... Patrick Mahomes against Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter. I'll come back around to that. Um, we start off every show. Um, I should I should stop and say I am solo tonight. This is my first solo show in probably a while, at least since I moved out of the Liberty Township studio. Um, probably since the coronavirus special, which was an all-time classic of mine. I think it's still posted on SoundCloud if you want to go back and listen to some horrid takes I have from March 20. 2020. Um, don't hold them against me. I like, I'd like to keep my job. Um, obviously, it's nothing more than comedic takes at this point. But anyway, um, February 7th, 2022, as I hit the record button, week of the Super Bowl. Bengals, Rams, it's unfathomable. Um, if you would have asked me a few years ago, especially during the Marvin Lewis era, what's most likely. Um, I, I keep saying, I'm, I'm getting back into the Bengals. I want to talk Skyline first um, because I'd be remiss if I did not mention a friend of the program is trying to eat 1,000 conies, 1,000 conies in the year 2022. His name is Brandon West. He's an avid listener of Three Ways and Third Downs, and I got to hand it to the guy. That's commitment. Through February 7th, last I checked, he's eaten 153 conies. 153. Each coney, 350 calories. Is that going to discourage him? No. This man is just crushing conies. Sometimes he's doing two days. Sometimes he'll eat six conies for dinner and have a midnight snack. The guy's an animal. So all the power to you. I've, I look forward to seeing his. He's got a dedicated Instagram to, uh, for it. So if you want to follow, I think it's like Coney, cheese conies are bust. Maybe his conies are bust. Um, go to his Instagram page, Brandon West. Give it a follow. It is awesome. I am the biggest fan. Um, hopefully he's balancing out with a few runs because he is my Beer Mile team captain uh, or co-captain. The red team is counting on you, Brandon. If you're listening, you got to throw some runs in there too because all conies and no runs makes Brandon a slow boy. 
Anyway, props to you. Keep doing your thing. Um, I saw Skyline in honor. I'm trying to segue back into the Bengals because the majority of this podcast is going to be tailored toward Super Bowl um, Bengals, as it should, because that's the reason I'm even recording today. Um, Skyline released a limited edition orange uh, Bengals-themed beanie, and I really wanted it. I thought about it because I bought a Joe Burrow jersey this week. Um, We'll get around to that. Um, And I thought it would complement it really well. But it sold out within like 20 minutes, and they never restocked it. I'm really bummed about that. Speaking of things selling out really quick, um, Skyline dip. I went to Kroger today. It's Monday. Um, completely out of cream cheese, completely out of Skyline cans. Is that a correlation? I don't know. I would doubt it. Coming out, out of a big ice storm and the week of the Super Bowl in which the Bengals are playing, I think this city is just going crazy. I literally think this city is unhinged right now. I walk down the street, normally in my neck of the woods, Oakley, people are assholes. People on this side of town are the worst. They're bad drivers, they're rude, um, they're self-interested, and I cannot wait to move out of Oakley. I love the fact that everything's walkable. There are definitely great people here. I love that all my friends are here. Um, but some of the like 30 to 40-year-old demographic, I don't know if my friends would um, corroborate this belief of mine, but... There's some just self-interested narcissists, like in, I guess it's redundant, but you get my point. Just bad people around here. Um, And I don't really know where I'm going with this. I don't know. What was my point? Um, What the hell? Anyway, um, also speaking of shortages in the city, what was I? Oh, my point, my grand point, I'm circling back, is that in Oakley, typically people do not even acknowledge it. They won't even give you the time of day. But now I'll see somebody wearing like a Bengals uh, item of clothing. I'll give them a Huda, and they give me a very animated Huda back. I mean, I think this was really cool. It's kind of like we're in Alabama, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama in the fall. I mean, roll tide, brother. Oh, roll tide, my, hom- my homie. Like, I mean, it's just really cool right now that the – morale and everyone has something in common um and anyone who knows me knows i've never really been a diehard Bengals fan but just the energy in the city is palpable um to quote john rothstein there's a palpable buzz right now and i don't think anyone can deny it even if you're not necessarily the biggest biggest fan um i'm i'm all in i mean it's hard not to be because you like to see a city that hasn't tasted success in 31 years finally have something to show for it um it's been since 1990 where we've won anything and finally we have something to rally behind and i think that's why like hudipole uh who makes hudy delight they made commemorative cans in the 80s for the Bengals super bowl runs and i think 80, 82 and 89 and they haven't released one of these commemorative cans since so naturally when they released new 2022 edition cans this morning the line was like a mile long down an OTR to get your hands on one of these. I did not wait in line for them. I don't, frankly, I don't care that much, but I totally get why everyone's so fired up right now. I mean, I cannot get enough of the Bengals content on Twitter right now. And there's even quotes of me in like group messages, um, texts, uh, tweets, whatever, me kind of disparaging the Bengals weeks ago or months ago, weeks ago, it doesn't matter. Like, I'll own up to it, yeah. 
for sure. Bandwagon, I'm a bandwagon fan. I've only been rallying behind. I, hell, I was a Lions fan as recent as three years ago. I said until Marvin Lewis gets fired, I'm a Lions fan. He got fired, I came back. Before that, before my Lions stint, I was Bengals fan for a little bit. And then before that, Steelers fan. Yeah, I'll admit it. Kyle can uh, unearth all my tweets and expose me. Um, but at the end of the day, as a 25-year-old, it's impossible to root against your hometown team. Um, you want to experience this around other people who also are as equally invested, if not more invested than you. And it took a playoff run or and me jumping on the bandwagon finally realize that me being a Lions fan by myself in Cincinnati, I mean, the Lions are terrible, so it's a moot point, but it would never have panned out. You need to have like family members or someone else that you can relish that win with. And the last three wins have been so great because we've been able to experience them with other people. I went out to the bar on Sunday night until 11 p.m. and I had to work the next day. And I had like 15 beers. One of the best memories I've had in the last few years. Wouldn't trade it for the world. The hangover was terrible, but man, it makes for a great story. Stuff like that, you, we'll look back upon it. Hell, it might be another 31 years before the Bengals get back to the Super Bowl. That, that's my next point here is that this come up, for lack of better words, the come up of this season will never be sweeter. So my point here is if you are a Bengals fan, which I think pretty much all my listeners are, make sure to truly appreciate this because this season was never meant to happen. Last year, the Bengals won, what, four games? And then all of a sudden this year, the Bengals are in the Super Bowl behind an elite quarterback who I kind of have a man crush. I don't, his name kind of, I do have a man crush on Joe Burrow. So next year, let's say the Bengals go back to the Super Bowl. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, Bengals win or lose. doesn't matter. Um, game ends, and then the Bengals make the Super Bowl again next year. The, this ride to the top, after all those lumps that the Bengals have taken over the last 31 years, I mean, my, like, my brother Alex has been ride or die with the Bengals. That guy has paid his dues, and now he gets to enjoy being at the top. But if the Bengals repeat, like the Kansas City Chiefs going back to the Super Bowl, what, three straight years? Is that second or third trip just as good? It's probably 1A, 1B, but it's not. nothing will ever beat this. So this is my long-winded way of saying enjoy this. Enjoy the ride. I'm trying to. I, I like the fact that there's a two-week gap between the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl because you just get to take a moment, stop, and think about how cool this is. I have plenty of friends who don't even really care about football, and everyone is fired up about it. It's just really neat for the city. Speaking of which, um, I think the Bengals, their recent success has also coincided with, and it might not even be a coincidence, but Elizabeth Blackburn and the Blackburn family is really taking it upon themselves to be more engaged with the city. And that includes like small things like uh, the Ring of Honor and then also like after each game, maybe this is more Zach Taylor than the Blackburns, but going out to different bars after the game and giving them game balls. And it's not even like just the Holy Grails of the world. Game time and Chiviet, which a few of my friends and I have been to. Um, 
Maloney's in Delhi, my old my old stomping grounds. Um, just I think it's really cool. And of course, MLTs, which was the first one that went viral. I saw MLTs, like a live camera on MLTs on what is it, CBS going crazy. I mean, that's the, the I would even consider it a dive bar. That's where I do trivia night. And then all of a sudden it's on national television. It just doesn't even seem real. Um, so all of this happening right now is just really cool to see the city that had a uh, geriatric owner is now like the life of the country. Like everyone wants to be part of this. And to end my Bengals talk, well, I'll probably come back around to it. Um, maybe, just maybe, does this end up with the Bengals getting a practice facility, indoor practice facility? I don't know. I know Pat McAfee has been railing against it for years at Mike Brown's, a miser. Maybe this pushes his hand a little bit. Bengals were practicing at UC this week. A little embarrassing, not going to lie, but I mean, I, I guess... They haven't used the indoor practice facility in three years, so I guess if you never really need it, I mean, what's the point? But anyway, um, and what does this mean to the world? I talked about what this means to the city. What this means to the world, in, in three words, I can sum this up. No Jackson Mahomes. That's it. No Jackson Mahomes in the Super Bowl. In L.A., man, that's where the hype house is, I think, the TikTok hype house. Can you imagine Jackson Mahomes on the sideline at the Super Bowl? Whew, that would have been rough. Um, I talked earlier about how I got a Joe Burrow jersey. I probably mentioned on the podcast, um, I have this rule for myself that I will never wear the jersey of a man younger than me. Um, apparently, Joe Burrow is like six months younger than me, but he's 25. I'm 25. I'm breaking the rule. I am breaking my own rule. Um, very arbitrary rule for... The guy who got us to the Super Bowl, so be it. I wanted the jersey with a Super Bowl patch on it. It literally does not exist. Fanatics, uh, NFL shop, worst website ever. They've stocked nothing all week. I mean, I, it's ridiculous. Um, speaking of ridiculous, ticket prices for the Super Bowl. I've always said I'd love to get to a Super Bowl one day. It doesn't matter who's playing, but... In order to get in the door, last I had checked, $5,000 before fees. Before fees. And you got to believe StubHub, Ticketmaster, doesn't matter. Um, it's going to get like 25% on top of that. So I was sent today, I saw on Facebook actually, if you wanted to get 50 yard line tickets, $60,000 each with on top of that $12,500 in fees for a one ticket, a service fee. Insane. Essentially, if you are the common fan, there's zero chance that you can go to the Super Bowl. Um, apparently, I think season ticket holders for the Bengals got into a lottery, and they won the right to buy an $1,800 ticket. Still insane. I guess if you're, if you're a season ticket holder, you, you'll bite the bullet. I think you kind of have to. I mean, if Ole Miss or, or UC made the national championship in football, I would pay it, honestly. Um, so... I'm not nearly diehard enough to even consider flying to LA and paying for crazy prices, but something has to be done because if you look at Super Bowl prices by the year, I got into an argument with my brother about this. Back in, of course, I, where is it?
All right, found it. So this this year, it obviously cost five thousand dollars to get in the door. Of course, it's probably hyperinflated because of LA. But this has been a startling trend we've seen over the last few years. It's never been cheap to get into the Super Bowl, but. In 2018, you could have seen the Eagles and Patriots for around $2,500, half of this current price. Let's go back to 2010. Saints-Colts, $1,000. Adjusted for inflation, about $1,100. Let's go back to early 2000s, $325. If you want to look at 1985, or let's go to 1986. See the 85 Bears play? 75 bucks. Adjusted for inflation, $170. So I don't know why this trend is continuing um, because the sport is just as popular, but not that. It hasn't gotten 10 times more popular. It's always been America's sport since the 80s. So what is causing this hyperinflation? Is it, It's just the NFL just one in the line in their pockets. I, I get it. I'm a capitalist. I understand that if there's money to be made, make it. But the environment at the at the Super Bowl would benefit greatly by having real fans there and not just the corporate schmucks in their suits or their button downs who don't care about either team. I'd much rather have 30,000 fans from each team, but the Rams don't have 30,000 fans anyway, so I guess it doesn't really matter. You get my point. Let's see. Um, Let's move on to sports betting, shall we? All right, so speaking of sports betting, I'm doing Super Bowl squares. So if you're listening to this and you thought, huh, I should get some Super Bowl squares this year. That sounds fun. Text me. I'm doing them for $10 each. And it's $200 for the first quarter, $200 for halftime, $200 for the third quarter, and $400 for the final score. Um, yeah, I think I have about 45 squares left, so get them before they're gone. Um, let's do some prop bets for the Super Bowl. There isn't on DraftKings or any of the legal sites. I couldn't find like the Gatorade color to be on the coach. I couldn't find like the, the time for the national anthem. Those are the prop bets I wanted. Or, um, I think back in like 2017, I bet on like how many times Donald Trump would tweet during the Super Bowl. I lost. I remember that one. Um, but I found some good ones to bet. Super Bowl MVP was my favorite. Um, Typically, it goes to the quarterback. Um, Not surprisingly, I have the list right here. Last year was Tom Brady. year before that, Patrick Mahomes. Nick Foles in 2018. 2017, Tom Brady. 2015, Tom Brady. So there's been a lot of quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, 2013. My boy Eli in 2012 and 2008. You get the point. So there's been, of all the uh, Super Bowls, there's been, what, 56 Super Bowls? How many is it? Um, something like that. There's been 31 quarterbacks that have won the award. Wide receivers has been seven. Linebackers, four. So typically, the last running back was Terrell Davis in 1998 for the Denver Broncos. So your best money, obviously, is with quarterback. Um, you already have a 50-50 chance from the jump because you need to pick the winning team, obviously. Um, so... If you want to get really crazy and get some good odds, you go defense. The last defensive player to win the award was Von Miller in 2016. 
four linebackers have won all time. Um, the last safety coming in 03. So wide receiver or maybe a safety are your best bets. So Joe Burrow at 2.25 to 1. Eh. Jamar Chase at 18 to 1. Not bad. But here are my good ones. Tyler Boyd at 90 to 1. All it takes is maybe one or two awesome touchdowns. Um, if it's a low-scoring game and Tyler Boyd catches the only touchdown, maybe for like a 60-yard bomb, you, you're cashing. T. Higgins at 45 to 1. Mike Hilton, my boy, Ole Miss Rebel, 150 to 1. And then Jesse Bates at 200 to 1. Um, I think Van Jefferson, if you want to go with the Rams, is also good odds. But if you go with Cooper Cup, you go with Matthew Stafford, you're just going to get hosed on odds. So those are my recommendations. Um, also, another fun bet would be picking the exact score. I like the Bengals 27 to 23 at 200 to 1 odds. So, hey, throw two bucks there. Maybe you'll hit. Um, and my last bet that I like a field goal to not hit the upright. Any kick, so extra point or field goal to not hit the upright is minus 550. I mean, throw 55 bucks there. You win 10 bucks. Not bad. All right. Tom Brady is retiring. That breaks my heart. Um, Joe Burrow, I mentioned earlier, is my man crush. Tom Brady is my old man crush. I mean, he, for as long as I've been watching football, obviously, he started in, what, 2000? Um, he's been around. And now all of a sudden he's gone, and it's upsetting. Um, means Gronk's probably gone with him. So two of the best personalities in football are gone. So mainstay of the league, and it's crazy um, that there's so much shifting. I mean, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers might be on different teams. Ben Roethlisberger's gone, good riddance. Um, so there's a lot of shifting quarterback faces in the NFL. I uh, wouldn't be mad to see Matt Corral land at uh, in Tampa Bay. I don't think he falls that far, but you never know. So... I'm really looking forward to this offseason um, and where everybody ends up. And maybe maybe Mackerel will end up playing for the Washington Commies. Washington Commanders, to touch on that, might be one of the worst names in football, right? I'm, But devil's advocate here. When the Bengals, since any Bengals team name was announced, do people look at it and be like, oh, Bengals, that's just like the Detroit Lions, like, that's boring. Jacksonville Jaguars, same thing. Like, oh, you just picked a giant cat. The Houston Texans, pretty pretty bad name. So there are some bad names out there. Let's not act like all these team names are like super unique. Baseball, I, I would say, has way better team names than football, mostly because a lot of the baseball franchises have been around a lot longer, and seemingly there's more creativity back then. Or maybe is it just giving it time to, like, to become ingratiated with the sport. I mean, 20 years from now, Washington Commanders, they'll have a lot of history. They'll have some Hall of Fame quarterback come through there, and all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, yeah, like Commander's legend, Matt Corral. And I don't know. So maybe it takes time, but I swear that there are better options out there. The Washington Red Tails, Washington um, Presidents is the one I liked. Apparently, no, I was in the minority on that one. The Washington Groundhogs, the Washington Red Wolves would have been good, but I digress. Um, should the Pro Bowl be played between two the two worst teams in football? I saw that take on Twitter by one of my friends. It would be wildly entertaining. 
but logistically doesn't really make any sense because if, let's say you're the quarterback for one of the teams um, and you're trying to tank for the next generation of Joe Burrow, next iteration of Joe Burrow, what incentive would you have to win if you're that quarterback? So this year it's the Lions and the Jaguars. Let's say that there's some quarterback who's going to get number one overall, which there isn't, but for the sake of this hypothetical, let's say there is. Jared Goff would not try very hard to win if that meant getting a quarterback that will replace him. So it just doesn't really make any sense. How motivated would a team be to play in this dumpster fire of a game? I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. It would be must-see TV, um, but I do not think the players' union will ever agree to it. So it'll always be uh, hypothetical. I don't know. It's a trap. Let's do a Tinder Red Flag of the Week. I'm feeling crazy. Um, it's been so long between episodes, so I have no idea if I've ever covered this one, but spontaneous FaceTimers. This is just like a red flag in general. If you have an iPhone and you proceed to just FaceTime someone out of the blue... Especially on like a, like the early morning when somebody's like hungover, you're kind of the worst person in the world. I think my roommate does this, um, but especially, 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 especially if it's from a girl you're talking to. This happened to me one time, where I'm chatting with this girl, and before we'd even gotten on a first date, she FaceTimes me out of the blue, no agenda. It's like it's like scheduling an Outlook meeting and saying, "Let's chat." And if it comes from your boss and you just have an Outlook meeting on Teams in 15 minutes saying, let's chat, your heart's going to race. Like, what the hell is this about? Never, ever, ever just spontaneously FaceTime someone. If you're in a conversation and you say, I can't figure out this TV, can you help? You should say, hey, let me FaceTime you, I'll help you out. Or, or call them. Calling is way less intrusive. You can just say, like, hey, what's up? And you can... Talk, you, talk through it. Or if you just want to like kill some time, you talk to somebody. Just the fact that you're having to stare at somebody the whole time, it's just so uncomfortable. Maybe I'm insecure. I don't know. Don't FaceTime people out of the blue. Nobody wants to see your ugly mug. Nobody, I don't want people to see my ugly mug. Just don't do it. Or like some people will FaceTime and then like they, they pull like the, the... Some chicks will like just... They'll just FaceTime like their their eyes up, the like forehead up. And I'm just like, what is this? Like they're they think, oh, I don't look good, I don't have makeup on. Like, and why'd you FaceTime me in the first place? It doesn't make any sense. Um so yeah. Next, I saw on Twitter a few weeks ago, I'm kept playing catch up on uh, topics I wanted to just hit because I haven't recorded since last year. How long would you live in a room with no books, movies, phones, or anything? So basically like one of the, the loony bin with like the cushioned walls and just like one light bulb in the middle. Like essentially like something you would be in in the straitjacket. Like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like something like that. How long could you last in there? The, the question posed on Twitter was, could you go one year for $30 billion? No windows, no clock. You don't know anything about the outside world. Anyone who thinks that they can make it longer than a month 
is delusional. I would start eating my foot by day two. So I thought it was a funny question, but if anyone who says like, oh, I, I, I could do, I don't know if I could go a week for a hundred grand. I think I would lose it. I think I would lose my mind. You might make it to the, you might be alive after one year, but your brain is mashed potatoes. So what good is that $30 billion? I don't know. Lastly, well, let's see. Yeah, what grinds my gears? Before we get into the anonymous mailbags, I'm getting up there on time. I'm up to 29 minutes, and I have four questions in the mailbag. What grinds my gears is Valentine's Day is coming around. And shockingly, for the first time in my life, um, I actually have a date this year. So I made a reservation probably five weeks ago for my girlfriend and myself to go to Prima Vista in um, the Incline District in Price Hill. Nice little spot. And two weeks after I reserve this time, I get a call saying, oh, sorry, uh, we're closed that day. Um, we canceled your reservation. Have a nice day. And I just listened to this voicemail. I was like, you're not going to just like book me another time? She's just like, oh, you're shit out of luck. You shouldn't have booked that time, you dumbass. As if I was supposed to know that I wasn't allowed to have that time that they gave me on Open Table. How about actually like communicating that with your app? I know, I know Open Table's a third party, but still, you would think they would update that to not accept times on a Tuesday. I was, I think I'm going, I was going, planning to go on the 15th to avoid all the crazies. And then I was thinking about going on February 13th before I knew that that was the Super Bowl day. So now I have to eat dinner at 9.15 p.m. on a Friday night this Friday. So thanks a lot, Prima Vista. That was, that was annoying. Um, speaking of girlfriend, I posed a poll in 2018 after the inception of this podcast. I think it was like the second year of the podcast. I think I started this in 2017. Um, at what point do I tell a girl about the podcast? Because she has no idea. 162 votes were cast. 30% voted for the 10th date. 3% voted for the 50th date. 30% said on the wedding day. And then 37% voted for never. As of right now, I'm leaning toward never. I don't... If No. It's, I'm already littered with red flags. I do not need to give anyone one more. So let's move on to the mailbag. All right, I said earlier four questions. We got five. Question number one, Adam, along the line, along the same lines as the beer mile, which winter Olympic sport would you like to see the beer version of? This is a good question. And full disclosure from the jump, I don't watch a ton of um, Winter Olympics, but the first one that comes to my head that makes a lot of sense would be, I think the Luge is an event in the Winter Olympics. We already have the Beer Luge, so I feel like there's some potential there, right? Or... Let's see. I mean, curling inherently is something that I could do while drunk. 
I've gone curling before. I can say this. I went curling with coworkers for the first time in Cincinnati like two months ago. It is awesome. Super fun. Definitely worth checking out. Um, I don't know how you can make that a drinking game per se, but would be super cool. Bobsledding while drunk seems a little dangerous. Um, Ice skating drunk ice skaters would be pretty great. So let's say, yeah, we can just do like, there's like ice skating, like Apollo Ono was um, like a speed skater. So they do laps. I want to see speed skaters chug a beer, do a lap, chug a beer four times. We'll see. We'll see who's still balanced after, after four natty lights to the dome. So that's what I want to see. Um, question number two, Hey Adam, how many sticks of butter will you eat on Instagram live if the Bengos win this Sunday? Thanks. Doug Dimidome, owner, Dimsdale Dimidome. So I tweeted about that. Um, I think when Ole Miss played Alabama in football, I said, if the Ole Miss Rebels beat Alabama, I'll eat two sticks of butter on Instagram live. Let's do it. Let's, let's run it back. Play the hits. I'll, I'll eat two sticks of butter on Instagram live. If the Bengals win the Super Bowl, should I tweet this out to verify my seriousness? So let me know when you guys listen. Should I should I commit to this? Am I making a fool of myself? Would would I am I jeopardizing my status of being in a relationship by doing that? Because I think I think that's justification for getting dumped if I eat two sticks of butter on Instagram Live. Hmm. Question number three. One of my friends is gay. He hosts a weird podcast with a chili theme, but it's about sports, question mark. How do I tell him I know? He claims to have a new girlfriend, but I'm not buying it. Also, he's not a Bengals fan, but now a Bengals fan this year. Must have turned back into a fan randomly. Please fix. All right. So, um, so your friend... Hosts a podcast about chili and sports. It's pretty cool. Um, his it's twenty twenty two. Let him be. Um, if he wants to claim he has a girlfriend, that's cool. Jackson Mahomes has a girlfriend. I mean, I'm not knocking him. Um, not a Bengals fan. I mean, it's a cool time to be a Bengals fan. I'm sure your friend has his reasons for why he wasn't a Bengals fan in the past, but is a Bengals fan this year. Um, so I don't think that's random. I think he has some justification. Um, and let, let the guy live his life. Chili, a chili podcast that talks about sports seems like a really cool idea. So, you know, rock and roll, my dude. Question number four. Four. Sup, Adam. I have a bi-weekly summit with some friends at the Oakley Skyline Chili. We've noticed recently the price of Skyline keeps going up and up. Is there a particular person or president we should blame? Sincere, sincerely, Holden Magooch, CPA. So, Mr. Magooch, I have noticed this as well. Some conies are is reasonably priced like $2.40, and some conies are very unreasonably priced, up to $2.90. Um, I would chalk this one up to good old inflation. Um, a, a president, maybe, maybe a couple presidents, have decided to give away free checks of $1,200 in the mail, and that might be indirectly correlated with the fact that we're paying extra for conies now. So I hope that $1,200 is worth it because now we're going to be paying uh, paying a little extra for three ways. 
Question number five. What are your thoughts on the football fans that grew up in Cincy but don't root for the Bengals? Do you think they're a bit salty? Watching your city will win will always be more satisfying than watching someone else's, no matter how big of a quote-unquote fan you are of, the, of that team. You can't share the excitement the same way. Thanks, someone going in debt from the Bengals' success sent from my iPhone. So I pretty much already touched on this myself because I was one of the people you're describing. I was a guy who tried hard to root for a team that's not from the city. And it didn't work. From 2005 to, let's say, 2015, 2016, a long time. I was a self-proclaimed Steelers fan. And it's tough, especially when you're the only one and you're just, like, essentially being a contrarian on social media just to, like, piss people off. So anytime the Steelers win, like, who do I have to share that with? None of my family members, none of my friends. So it's tough. Now... Let's say you're a Colts fan and your uncle or your best friend is also a Colts fan. I can totally see that. You can go to games. You can go to Indianapolis and share the excitement with the people of Indy. Um, I mean, maybe you grew up in Detroit. and That's a bad example because we've already talked to the Lions and how much they suck. Maybe you grew up in um, New York and you were a Giants fan or something like that. Like, There's totally justification for why somebody's a, a Bengals fan or not a Bengals fan. Um but certainly tougher, especially if you get into like baseball, where you can't really watch any team other than the Reds um, in this network. I mean, football, pretty much every game is nationally televised if it's worth a damn. Um, do I think they're salty? No. I don't think they'd be salty about the Bengals' success if they have another team, if they're truly committed to that other team. The thing is, I they would have to be happy for the city. If you've lived in this city for an extended period of time, you have to realize that this year is an anomaly. And you have to be happy for your friends who are Bengals fans. So if someone were actively rooting against the Bengals, let's say, let's say there's a Steelers fan or a Browns fan living in Cincinnati. If you're actively rooting against the Bengals and rooting against the happiness of your friends, that's where I draw the line. That's just shitty. Um, I've seen Steelers fans that are on my like Facebook timeline. They'll say like, "Hey, I'm I'm rooting for the city. This is really cool." That's that's how you should be playing this. I know they're AFC North rivals and all that, but you should be happy that the city has finally found some success. I mean, this is all on the um, the heels of the Bearcats making the playoffs in football. I mean, it's just a really cool time to be in the city. Um, yeah, but yeah, at the end of the day, you can't really relish that same excitement if you were if I were a diehard Saints fan and they won the Super Bowl and I'm living in Cincinnati it's not the same I mean there's no parade in Cincinnati for the Saints but down on Bourbon Street everyone's pissed drunk in the gutter as they should be and I hope that if the Bengals win the Super Bowl this year or next year or the year after that I hope that we are the ones pissed drunk in the gutter All right, so yeah, uh, totally unrelated, but my, my brother is superstitious. Not, not a little stitious, he's superstitious that if he bets on the Bengals, that the Bengals will lose. So he's been betting against the Bengals every single week, like 
not even small sums of money, like $100, $200 against the Bengals since like the regular season. So like dating back to the Chiefs regular season game, he's been doing an emotional hedge where you put like $200 on the opponent, but the Bengals keep winning. And now all of a sudden the Bengals are about to potentially win the Super Bowl and my brother might be bankrupted. So totally unrelated to uh, this podcast question I got, uh, but I thought I'd share that. That is all I have. Um, enjoy the Super Bowl, guys. I hope everyone goes and does something fun. Text me about the Super Bowl squares because I want all of you to buy squares if you haven't already. Um, play some bets responsibly. Drink responsibly if, if the Bengals were to win. I will see you at the bar. I will buy you a beer. If you... Um, nah, probably not. I won't buy you a beer. But... I appreciate all you listening, especially guys who make it to the end of a 41-minute podcast. Um, I'll hopefully do another one of these soon, maybe with my my fearless co-host who's out watching Jackass Jackass the movie. Um, But yeah, what a time to be alive, man. Bengals in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati is in the spotlight, and the Reds are still rebalancing their payroll and letting their best players walk not bitter about it or anything um so yeah go find some skyline dip go drink some cutie delight let's have ourselves a week shall we yeah baby <laughs> yeah Woo! back again that's right <laughs> feel this this gets meaner and meaner each time baby <laughs> feeling real good too what up uncle face I'm a bull in this industry, man. Tell em. Some would rather run down and get one cow. Uh, I think I'd rather walk down and get them all. You know what I'm talking about, right? Look, I'm never going nowhere, so don't try me. My music sticks in fans' veins like an ivy. Flows poison like ivy. Oh, they grimy. Already offers on my sixth album for labels trying to sign me. Respected highly. Hi, Mr. O'Reilly. Hope all is well, kiss the plaintiff and the wifey Drove through the window, the industry supersized me Now the girls see me in the rivers, what they cry me I'm on the rise, so many people despise me Got party ammunition for those trying to surprise me It's a celebration and everyone should invite me Roll with the crew or meet the bottom of our Nikes Exploring like Dora, these swipers can't swipe me My whole aura so mean in my white tee Nobody light-skinned rapping harder since Ice-T You disagree, take the Tyson approach and bite me